0: Creative, Resilient. Mindful. Courageous. Greatful. Innovative. Grateful. Independent. Confident. Inspired. Empowering our children with the tools they'll need to create an extraordinary future, because it will be Built by Kids. Welcome to the Built by Kids podcast. Being that it's nearing the end of August 2020, and students and families all over the world are preparing to begin an unprecedented school year, punctuated by COVID-19, with the majority of children learning remotely. We have been busy doing all we can to set our rising third grader up for an A-plus school year. That includes upgrades to his physical workspace, strengthening of his mental and emotional stamina, and of course, enhanced control over his technology. That's where today's guest, Sarah Kimmel, comes in. Sarah is a certified IT manager, family tech expert, and digital parenting coach who spends her days helping families understand and manage the technology in their home. She's a technology expert featured on CBS, ABC, and Fox, and she travels the world on behalf of companies Lenovo, Verizon, Dell, Microsoft, and Samsung. She consults with parents from coast to coast on how to manage their children in this digital world, and she's here with us today to help us all set our future makers up for the success they deserve. So let's get to it. Yay, Sarah, we're so happy you're here. Thank you for being with us. Of course, happy to be here. Thank you. And you know, just to kind of start it off, I just want to reiterate that we ourselves are not helicopter parents. And even the fact of talking about parental controls sort of evokes a resistance in me. But having said that, having been given this taste of what virtual learning was like last year and coming up against challenges that unbridled access to this world wide web um, can bring, we just wanted to kick off this school year with all of the tools in our toolbox that we can to set our student up for success. And we figured you're the right person to tell us how to do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of my approach as well. I'm I'm not a fear monger. I love technology. I love utilizing technology to the best of its advantages. I know that there's some underbelly and some bad things that come with that technology. But as long as you're proactive and you're learning and you you know take these steps necessary, then you're going to have a good outcome and have a positive outlook on technology.
0: Oh, I love that. To <laughs> Shift my view into the positive when it comes to that would be right. quite an enlightening experience. I mean, truly... I mean, in our perfect world, we would, I mean, we'd love to be able to eliminate or at least significantly curtail some of these incoming distractions that are unwelcomed when we're wanting our student, right, to stay present and remain focused on the teachers and the one task that's in front of him. So what are your recommendations?
1: You know, one of my main recommendations is to have a set place in the house. You know, a lot of kids are, you know, doing their schoolwork from their bed or from the couch or the kitchen table or anything like that. But if they really have like a desk, where they're totally supposed to be focused on schoolwork when they're at that desk, it's going to help them kind of get into that mindset and, you know, automatically eliminate some of that distraction because they know I'm sitting here. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, and then there's some technology we can implement to kind of help facilitate that. But as long as, you know, this is my space for schoolwork um, really will help that.
0: I love that, and I mean that's where we've been in this process. Our our son starts on the first, so in a few days here, but um, September first. But yeah, I mean, so organizing his space and decorating it, and we've been busy making our own desk organizers and clocks and all of that for the room so it's really his space and so yeah we've, we're have we on the same page there and for all the listeners all of those printables and other tips that we've created at Built by Kids will also be on the link which we'll share here now it's builtbykids.com slash remote learning you'll find the podcast and all of the notes and all of that but sorry for the interlude oh,
1: perfect no of course absolutely
2: and Sarah you know that's a great um, sorry that that point there because last semester it was tough because We'd find our son, he'd still want to be in bed with the computer or under his desk or all the different places. And he was slouching and just not maybe present and not in the best, giving himself the best opportunity to to take in. Forts are a big,
0: are a big favorite of his, which, of course, we love that creativity. And I'm a firm believer that even a standing desk and a wobble pillow cushion and all of that is so important. So it's hard for us to confine to a desk.
1: Right. Yeah. But but like you said, you know, a standing desk or something that can convert, you know, from standing to sitting, you know, is at least they're having a comfortable experience. You don't want them to be uncomfortable, but, you know, at least just a specific space where if I am here, I am doing schoolwork. And then, you know, if he wants to game on his laptop or anything later, you know, maybe bring that into the kitchen or, you know, take that away from that space. So that, you know, this space is dedicated to schoolwork. And I would also even say, you know, getting a mouse, you know, some of those peripherals, a second monitor. I know some people are like, really, does my kid need a second monitor? But um, it will really help them be able to focus because, you know, maybe they can have some schoolwork on one side and then the teacher on the other monitor. And it really can help them. You know, it helps us be more productive when we have multiple screens. It also will help the kids do that as well.
0: That is, we've never
1: even considered that. Thank you.
2: Right. And so if if there's like maybe a uh, Zoom conversation on one and then the teacher is discussing what they're working on, then that can be in another screen? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That sounds interesting. I've, in a previous job, I think I had two screens before and I remember it working out really well, but but yeah, I haven't considered that for for this.
0: Well, and from a hardware perspective, I mean, our personal experience is that our son is on a laptop. It's... Technically, what is it? A Google Chrome Pixelbook or what yes. have you, <laughs> which is may- yeah. maybe not the ideal um, platform. So can we
1: talk about that a bit? Do you have? Oh, for sure. Oh, please. So a Chromebook, yeah, especially for elementary kids, a Chromebook is just fine. You know, you can connect an additional monitor to the Chromebook um, and it's going to have basically everything they need. I would say as they get into more junior high and high school is when we should definitely be talking about getting them an actual laptop. Um, you know, a lot of the programs that they're going to need for different classes won't be able to be installed on a Chromebook because, you know, a Chromebook is basically access to the Internet, it's like your phone. So if it doesn't have access to the internet or, you know, it doesn't have the apps that you need, then it's not going to be super beneficial. because It doesn't have a lot of hard drive space to save anything. Everything that's saved is on the internet or in the cloud. So, um, that's where the limitations of the Chromebook are going to be, but, you know, there are great Chromebooks. And like I said, for elementary, I totally recommend having a Chromebook because they're inexpensive and, you know, easy to use. But you know, like I said, as you get older, they're going to want to have that laptop with them through college and things like that. So it's time to step up the game a little bit and get them a little something more robust.
2: Yeah. And do you, we've actually kind of already run into that a bit with different programs that just aren't quite compatible with what with what uh, with the chromebook that he's on do you rec- do you have a recommendation between pc or mac are you kind of you <laughs> know, kind of flow bright you flow between them both obviously with your line of work you kind of need to know both platforms but do you have a preference
1: Yeah. uh, So with the line of work, I don't know if your listeners know I am an IT manager by trade. So I've been in IT for over 17 years. Um, I am firmly in the PC camp. Um, I do not like Apple products at all, (laughs) but um, that's more of a personal preference, but especially for kids. Um, A PC is going to be a lot easier to monitor and manage and control. And um, a PC will also be a lot more affordable. A lot of people that have problems with PCs are trying to compare, you know, the cheapest, you know, yuckiest PC that you can buy with a Mac, which doesn't come in a lot of flavors. Their only flavor is expensive. So (laughs) if you go up a notch and get a laptop that is the same you know, specs and quality as like, you know, for the same amount that you would pay for a Mac, you're going to have that same level of quality. And it's, so it's not necessarily that a Mac is better. It's just that there's not a different flavor of a Mac and you're trying to compare, you know, a suite at the Bellagio with the Motel 6, you know, so it's not really a fair comparison for the PCs. So having said all that, I love PCs. I love the customization. Um, I love, Everything that I can do with a PC, there's Microsoft Family Safety that you can implement that helps curtail a lot of things. But we can get into some of that parental control stuff later. But yeah, firmly in the PC camp.
2: Oh, interesting. I, you know, we also, um, some one thing with the, the um, Pixel book, he likes that it's a touch screen.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: unlike, you know, we're actually both on uh, Airbooks, so we don't have that. But he's now used to touchscreen. If he actually has some games on there, he can do that. Um, I know some people have used... Um, the Surface as well as an iPad uh-huh. for, for some of these things. But, but yeah, so and the, so, we're, if we're looking at PCs and looking at more of the premium PCs or the ones that would m- maybe match up similar to a Mac, what would we be looking at there? Or also the ones that would be more along this the similar cost of the Pixelbook but, but, um, but PC-based.
1: Yeah. So what's interesting is that most PC manufacturers actually have names for their different kind of line of products. So for Lenovo, Lenovo is my favorite PC manufacturer. Um, My second favorite would be Dell, a very, very distant, like fifth or sixth is HP, don't ever go there. Um, So, but the Lenovo has several different brands. So a Lenovo Yoga would be similar to a MacBook in, you know, in specs and price. And it has that touchscreen. It's able to flip around. You can use it as a tablet if you flip it all the way around. That's why it's called the Yoga. It's just got that flexibility. Um, So that's kind of the premium brand. And then there's the uh, Idea Center um, or IdeaPad. Those would be the more consumer brand, you know, cheaper Area and then they have a business class which is ThinkPad. So if you or like Think Center, and so all of the Think branded products will be super expensive but really business class devices. So similar with Dell, Dell has XPS, which is the high end brand. It has Inspiron, which is the cheaper consumer level brand. Um, and so as you go through those, just know the different brands and you know and kind of what you're trying to compare so you know you could compare a dell xps to a lenovo yoga to a mac but you wouldn't want to compare like a dell Inspiron to a mac
2: okay now well, that makes a lot of sense and like you said it's sometimes Apple's to well, i say apples to oranges but you don't want to right. compare similar similar you don't want to compare just the the mac pc conversation has to be at the right level so that makes sense
1: yeah, and I will say so because I use a Lenovo Yoga. That's um, my personal driver, and uh, of course, it's a touch because a lot of PCs are touch screen, like you were mentioning. And whenever I like try and help somebody that's using a Mac, I'm like always trying to touch the screen, and I get so frustrated. I'm like, Ah, why can't this touch? I can't.
2: I know you get so used to it, and I I understand now. I'm just playing around with my son's Pixelbook. It's it's nice to be able to slide things around. And do
0: things I can't like even turn his book on. <laughs> but know where the button is so yeah, we have
2: to kind of relearn they're kind how of two worlds in our
0: house for sure but so okay so now so the student has an amazing piece of technology a, a pixel book or what have you in front of them what do we do to eliminate distractions while they're in school
1: so um like i was saying there's some software things that you can do and um so with microsoft um They have Microsoft Family Safety where you can set different time limits on different applications. So, you know, from this time to this time, you are not able to use, you know, Minecraft or from this time to this time, you're not able to do this. And then, you know, you can set all of those things so that it's not accessible during school time. So you can do that just on the PC itself. You can also do that on the router level. So I'm a big fan of layers of parental controls. So something that's on the device and then something that is on the network. And so when I'm connected to the Wi-Fi, anything that's set on my Wi-Fi network is going to trickle down to all of the devices connected. So this actually enables it to protect the, you know, the Xbox and the PlayStation and the, the Nintendo Switch and things like that because it's controlled from the internet itself so um you can set like so my favorite wi-fi router is called the griffin that's g-r-y-p-h-o-n um and what i really love about the griffin is that they understand the networking component which was a huge thing for me because all of the Wi-Fi routers or the different, you know, tools that I would try to implement on my network would slow my network down considerably. And, you know, for someone in IT that's completely unacceptable, I have to have a fast network on my home. So um, the Griffin was the first one that I really found got the parental control component right, and they got the networking component right. And so it's a really happy marriage between the two of them. And so I can assign different devices on my network two different people. So, you know, the Nintendo Switch is assigned to my son and this Nintendo is assigned to my daughter and, you know, and their devices are assigned to themselves so that I can both filter content so that they're not able to browse, you know, something I consider inappropriate and there's different levels you can set for each person. Um, and then you can also set homework times and bedtimes. So for my house, at bedtimes, everything is locked down. You know, the internet is not accessible from any of my children's devices from 10 p.m. till, you know, about 6, 7 a.m. But you can also set a homework time, which will let it, you know, have certain things unaccessible during time when they're supposed to be doing schoolwork. This
0: is an absolute dream. So with that, though, my one fear becomes trying to mitigate his exposure to everything. Is that creating is that turning me into a slave of even more technology with extra yeah. pings and notifications and all of that? Or is it set and go?
1: Yeah, you know, most of it is set and go. Um I will check in on things from time to time. And um It'll really just help facilitate conversations because I'm a huge fan of just not letting the technology do its job um, because technology does fail and it fails all the time. So, and that's why I said literally layers, because if one layer fails, then, you know, you've got a couple more layers to back it up, but nothing is going to be infallible. So your children will come across things that you consider inappropriate. And it's important to have those conversations of what are you going to do when this happens? And kind of go from there. So you are getting some notifications. You can definitely set those levels. So you know if you don't care if they're doing such and such and such, you know you don't need to be pinged all day for that. But you know if you want to be notified for something, you know really really bad, then you can set that so that you're at least notified for those situations, and then you can go deal with them.
2: That's that's very helpful with with the at the network network level with the Griffin. Can you? Block certain applications, or is it more just an overall uh, cutting, you know, limiting access to the internet?
1: Yeah, no, you can block specific applications per person. So, you know, like I said, I assign all of my son's devices to him, and he is not allowed to play this specific game. So I can block that for him on all of his devices, but I can open it up for me. So if I don't want my kids on Twitter, which I don't. Um, I can still have Twitter for myself on my devices, but they won't be able to access Twitter from any of their devices.
2: Okay. Yeah. sorry. I missed that before. That makes sense. And, and you also mentioned the Microsoft family, should family sharing, it's called a family safety.
1: Yeah. 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 Family Sa- Microsoft family safety. That one's completely free. Well, the Griffin, the monitoring and management is free, but the router itself is not.
2: Oh, and know. the router. I'm sorry. <laughs> do you use the tower with that or, uh, one of the other ones?
1: Yes, yeah. So the tower is the one that I have. Um, but if you have a larger house, you can get a tower and a couple of the smaller guardians um, to make sure you cover it. It is a mesh system. So you can, you know, mix and match or get multiple towers for your house if you have, you know, the square footage. Um, you know, I have a t- 2000 square foot house and the router is kind of in a central location. So I only need one. But um, but as your house gets bigger, you'd want to, you know, add on to that.
2: Okay, and uh, going back to the Microsoft Family Safety set, is that is that baked into um, Microsoft already, or is that, do you have to purchase that? Is that-
1: Yeah, no, totally free. It's baked into Microsoft. You just have to do a little configuring. So you have to have your own Microsoft account, and your child has to have a Microsoft account, and so then you assign, you know, your child to you as. You know, and then you can manage their account. So when they log into the PC, they'll log in as themselves and have all these restrictions. But if you log into their PC, then you don't have those same restrictions.
2: Okay, and I I like having that's not, you know, third party that it's you know um, that works right with the with the OS right there.
1: Yeah, it's baked in. Yep.
2: Okay, and is there something? I know there was another a piece of software that you mentioned as well. Um, Yeah. So moving on to, moving on to the software, what, um, where do you, where are you with that?
1: Yeah. So there's a couple things that I recommend for on device. Um, And so this kind of moving more away from like the Chromebook to like a phone or a tablet. Um, So there's two things that I really love for the phone and that's boomerang parental controls. And so boomerang is going to allow you to set, you know, app time limits very, very granular and specific. Um, With the Griffin, you're going to have kind of more of a broad limit. But with the app itself, you can limit it from your phone. And so what I like about that is really easy for me to open up additional time. So, you know, my daughter runs out of time on her phone, it completely closes down the phone, except for certain apps that I set to be always allowed. So You know, her way to communicate with me, um, she uses her texting app to communicate with her friends and then uses Facebook Messenger to communicate with me. And so if I always allow Facebook Messenger, I know she's not like texting her friends all night long. Um, So it kind of is a balance there. But um, Boomerang parental controls really helps you get that granular um, app specific, you know, monitoring and control. Um, And then... You know, and that's again, like I said, set it and forget it. You know, they'll ask you for more time when they run out of time. You can allow it from your phone really easily and it automatically opens up their phone. So, um, so that's really helpful. With bark, which I didn't mention when we were having that Twitter conversation. How
0: perfect is it that you just had a four legged <laughs> house oh <my> member barking <laughs> as you say that?
1: <laughs> that is really funny. Yes, on cue. I know way to go Holly so, my, my yellow lab Holly good baby yeah <laughs> somebody came to the door you know and she had to tell them that do she her was job yeah right she's so mean <laughs> um but yeah so bark conveniently enough is a really great tool um because that's gonna be really less of the helicopter um, so you can set it to like, if I, I want to be notified of conversations involving violence or conversations involving sexual nature or bullying. Um, and you can set like the sensitivity level for each child as well. And then as they're communicating over different social media apps and things, Bark is only going to notify you when it comes across those things that are concerning. So for a long time, I was getting tons of pings about violence on my daughter's phone because she's constantly looking up Pokemon battles.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> terrifying. I, off, that, I, I do
1: not need that. Right. <laughs> I turned off the violence notification because I'm like, it's never anything not like, good. yeah, like it's fine. She's not a violent person. Uh, so, but like, but it will notify me if there's like bullying or, you know, um, self-harm or depression or things like that, you know, so I keep some of those up, but, you know, as you get the notifications, you're like, okay, I really don't need any of these. So I'm going to turn that down or up or whatever.
0: I I mean, I love that technology is finally on track with understand that understanding that humans are each unique and that we as parents is our jobs to know each of our children and to give them, as you said earlier, just this foundation, right? Of understanding how to use technology mindfully so that it's enhancing their purpose instead of manipulating their direction in self serving ways. So I love that. Yeah.
2: Are these software um, solutions, do you have to pay for these?
1: Yeah, so they're not very expensive. Bark, um, I do have a code that gets you, I think, 20% off. Um, uh, I have it linked on my website. I'll, uh, maybe I'll try and send that over to you guys. Um, it's kind of a random code. But, um, Thank they, you, please. Yeah, it gives you 25% off, gives you like a seven-day free trial. But I think with the 25% off, it's about $80 for a year. And it's unlimited devices and unlimited kids. So, um, so it's, you know, you don't have to pay per kid or anything like that. Um, Boomerang is even cheaper. It's around, I think, 30 to $40 for the year. Um, and, again, that's, you know, unlimited kids and devices. So... And Uh, I'm sorry,
0: Sarah, because I, this is not my forte, but so do you need, do you use both Boomerang and Bark together? Are they layered? I
1: actually do. Yeah. Like I, I was talking about layers. So with Boomerang, um, like I said, it gives me that really granular app control, which I love. It also reports on all of the YouTube videos that they've watched. Um, I know, which is amazing. And I will say both of these solutions work better if the kid has an Android device, if the kid has an iPhone, it does not work as well. And that's because of Apple's um, operating systems restrictions. And you won't find anything that works well with those. You can manage both from an iPhone. So if you have an iPhone, you, you know have no problems managing the Android device from your iPhone with both of these tools, but they do work better if the child has an Android device. So Um, better
2: if parents have, if parents have iPhone, they're okay. If the kid, as long as the kid has Android. Okay.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So you can have whatever you want, just as long as you get your kid an Android device. Um, And so, like I said, so the YouTube reporting will only work on an Android device, um, which I love, love, love because I can go at any time, look at everything my daughter has watched on YouTube. I can click on it. It'll bring up the video so I can see what it was. Um, you know, I, like I said, I don't check it all the time, and I'm not getting notified. But I can go into those reports and see that data if I wanted to.
0: Right, or if something came up in conversation that yep. alerted yep. you to need to go back and do some research. That's great. But does it also exactly.
2: do? Does it also do Google searches?
1: Yes, yes. So with Boomerang, it'll also do Google search. Um, like uh, Bark will also notify you on um, Google searches, but Bark doesn't have reporting like the, um, like boomerang does bark is only going to notify me if something is concerning. So it's, you know, their version of concerning, which I mean is pretty good, but like I said, I like to be able to look at the reports myself and get notified if something is concerning. So if I don't have time to look at the reports, you know, I'm not going to super concern myself with it, but if I get a notification, then I can go back and see everything.
0: Great. Yeah. Sorry. I'm taking that in a bit. Um, And will you just remind
1: us, how old are
0: your kids?
1: (laughs) So, you know, no problem. My daughter is going to be 15 here in about a week. And my son is 11.
0: Dang. Okay. You are in it and you've been through this. I mean, again, we have a two and a half year old and an almost nine year old. So we don't even have mobile devices in our home yet. So this is great foundation information for us. Yeah. Speaking Android there, but.
2: Right. I mean, he doesn't have a phone yet. A lot of our uh, listeners here, their children probably will have phones. And if a phone's in our future, this is also really, really great to know.
1: Yeah, and like, it's a good like I recommend if they really want an iPhone, you know, when they're like 16 and you're starting to loosen the reins a little bit because I'm a big fan of um, allowing access as they grow. So, you know, when they first get their first device, it's super, super locked down. It's only got these specific apps and they can only do this and that. But, you know, as they grow, as they become 13, they can have, you know, some social media and, you know, continue to grow and grow and grow. By 16, I'm going to be pretty much hands off for the most part, you know, because at that point, you're hoping that you've taught them well enough that when they're 18, they're going to be able to manage it on their own. Right.
0: And, you know, your child. I mean, if yeah. for some reason your son doesn't, you know, live up to what your daughter did in his development, then maybe you hold on to that a bit longer. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So at that point, I would probably get, you know, if they wanted an iPhone, I would let them have an iPhone. But until then, you know, until I'm ready to let go of a lot of, you know, tools, I'm not going to get them an iPhone.
2: Now That makes a lot of sense. We also discuss, we've been discussing recently gaming, and Mm -hmm. that's maybe a a, a portion of what you you cover as well, yep. um we've kind of identified the Nintendo switch as something that's you know might be one of his first opportunities to play games is there with
0: his birthday coming up, yes. we always said at nine you can you can get minecraft <laughs>
1: oh nice, yeah, is uh, there... minecraft is great, yeah
2: yeah, is there a recommendation you have along those lines something that works well? you've already mentioned the switch in your family is it? Yeah, both my
1: kids actually have their own Switches, Um, but they love – like, we are a gaming family, obviously. We're a tech family. They have access to a whole lot of technology, and since, you know, they were probably born. Um, But they both have a Nintendo Switch. The Switch has so many – really great games for younger kids. Um, You know, with the PlayStation and the Xbox, there's a lot more opportunity to get into like those mature rated games and things like that. But the Switch is really, really family friendly. Um, So it's a great starting, you know, gaming platform for sure. Um, And the fact that the Switch, you know, so there's a difference between the Switch Lite and the actual Switch. Um, I would not recommend the Switch Lite because it's cheaper, but you cannot connect it to a TV. And I love that my kids can just like pop the switch in the cradle and then like game on the, you know, nice big TV, like we used to do as kids, um, instead of just always having it in their hand in front of their face.
0: And together. (laughs)
1: Yes, Exactly.
0: Okay, good. well, then we were on the right on the right track with our our thinking there.
2: That's funny switches you probably know this have been sold out all everywhere, yeah, and they've been we had to track them down and on target, just kind of like lurking all over their website, seeing where they are and fortunately, we found one in Las Vegas, and we had a family <laughs> member have to pick it up for us because they're <laughs> just they've been sold out here for months everywhere, and so I went to Best Buy to try, and the guy just kind of laughed at me and said, "Oh, we haven't right. had those for months, so.
1: So, yeah. yeah, especially when COVID hit, they, those went out really, really fast. I had a coworker who was looking for one for a really long time. Um, he was finally able to get his as well. So good job. I will say with the Switch, there is a free app that is from Nintendo, um, Switch parental controls. You can hop on there. You can set time limits. Like it's one of those baked in like Microsoft. Um, so there's there's a few things that you can set. Um, Parental control wise, like the ability to chat in game and things like that um, on that app. So definitely download the app and set that up when you give your switch to your child.
0: Oh, my goodness. This is all I'm just so happy that I'm married to what I call a geek because (laughs) this is all still so over my head. And I like to kind of fly in the face of technology in so many ways. Although I am so grateful for all that it does for us in this modern world. Um, But also this isn't
2: my wheelhouse and no. so there's so much here now that that um I unfortunately have you know somebody like you to talk to sarah that uh that can kind of you know guide us through this process because otherwise we're kind of gone this rabbit hole of doing a search for best parental control app and things like that right. we've already tried i think two or three different trials i had to cancel three mem- yep trials they just you know we just go through this this um this this process to, to find these and then seeing what works and what doesn't. So this has been very helpful.
0: Yes, thank you for doing your research and yeah. for all of your expertise. I mean, I, so have we missed anything that that is blatant out there that, uh, that we need you
1: to tell us about? Yeah, no, I think I covered everything that I really wanted to cover. Um, you know, I would just say any device that you have, there usually is parental controls with it. I mean, like even TikTok has parental control settings in the app itself. So, um, you know, just do a little digging and see if you can find a parental control settings for whatever you're trying to set up um, and you'll be on the right track.
2: What is, I know that actually well, one of your latest episodes, you discussed TikTok. What's the latest with them and, and how does that work with kids kind of our age? And I mean, I, my, our son already knows like, oh, what's a TikTok dance and things like that. Is that something right. that you guys are into now? And what's the latest with TikTok?
1: Um I actually love the app. Um it's super fun and especially like during during the pandemic it's been really fun, you know, cuz it's a lot less political than um than Facebook. So it's p- kind of been a, a reprieve from a lot of the like hard social media that's out there. Um, because it's just really fun as you kind of scroll through things. and their algorithm is actually really, really smart. So it um it learns very quickly what I like and what I don't like and will start just showing me things that I like. so it's it's really great to um to browse around because it's mostly stuff that like I agree with and I like. Um, the interesting part of that is Instagram just last week released, Reels, which I'm not sure if you mm-hmm. checked out a little bit, but um, Reels is exactly TikTok. It works the same as TikTok. It has a lot of the same videos as TikTok. I've uploaded several of my TikToks to Instagram Reels, um, so it's um, it's definitely like if people are saying I would never allow TikTok for my children, yet they have Instagram, they have TikTok. Right.
2: Um, <laughs> I've seen you know I've I have seen those, and I thought. I mean, I know it looks like a, a copycat competitor, and it looks like yeah, some people had put that originally on TikTok. If you see kind of the TikTok video or the the um, watermark on there, but um, again, they're trying to Instagram. Kind of just you know grabs the best stuff like they did with Snapchat, and you're gonna know, see if it works for them. Have you seen like people using that now? Is it growing? Have you heard?
1: Yeah, it's been like like I said, as I've been searching through Reels, it's exactly what I'm seeing on TikTok. So. Um so I think it's going to grow really fast. Um I actually for a kid I I would be more comfortable giving them a TikTok account than I would an Instagram account at this point. Interesting. Just because of the great parental control settings that they created inside TikTok. So with TikTok I can add my child's account to my account and lock it down. I can give them a time limit inside the app. I can Turn off their search functionality so they can't search for anything. I can turn off the ability to message my child, um, and I can make it so that they can't get out of that account, you know, and just sign into a different account.
2: Well, it's so, so ir- ironic considering everything you hear about TikTok in the news is the security concerns.
1: Exactly. General. So <laughs> so I think it's gotten just a really bad rap because um, all of the social media platforms do the exact same thing. Um, I mean, what it's gotten a bad rap for is that their servers are in China and that's just where it came from. So that's where their servers are. Um, so people are like, oh, we're giving our data over to the Chinese government. Like if they want to see me do a stupid dance, sure.
2: <laughs> right, great. right.
1: I am happy to send it. <laughs>
2: Well, this has been so helpful, Sarah. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. I yeah. mean, I for sure feel better equipped and a little less stressed <laughs> for awesome. this coming year by I mean, we can just take on technology and set all of our students up for the success they deserve.
1: And yes. so where
2: where again can people, you know, connect with you?
1: Oh, sure. On all social media platforms, I am just at Family Tech. And then on the web, I am familytechzone.com.
2: Awesome, Sarah. Thank you so
1: much. Thank yeah, no you problem. so much. Oh, and I'll just do a quick little plug for Please. my um, my podcast. It's oh, well yes. fam- family tech talk. So if you want to do a little search on your podcast app for family tech talk, I am there as well.
0: We will add that to our show notes as well. And again, that's at built dot slash remote learning. And, Like I said earlier, we'll be putting everything having to do with remote learning on that link. So it should be a good one stop shop, including our Today I Made series that is so exciting. It's a how to step by step projects done by our eight year old. Um, And we have so many good good school starting projects from the desk organizer to a wall clock and awesome leather bound book. So we for sure want everyone to become inspired there and prepare for your own A plus school
1: year.
2: Sarah, thank you again.
1: No problem. Thank you guys for having me.